Yep. G'day everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Hidden City Rollers Roller Derby. How's it going, everybody? <laughs> what, do we, what, do we, what do we call ourselves again? Uh, we're the Rollers, and this is our Roller Derby. <laughs> I think yeah. this is you episode know, actually, nine. I actually really like the name, the, the, the Roller Derby, but I had to look up what a Roller Derby was. <laughs> <laughs> I got friends who Roller Derby, it's so fun. <laughs> Seems like it's like a very American thing. Alright, for sure. Alright. I'm your host, uh, Simkov, and we've got uh, a motley crew. Well a small a small motley crew today. Uh, as always, uh, my my friend Merlin, the Grand Wizard, how are you, sir? Great wizard. I probably shouldn't call you a grand wizard, that's that's not great. You can call me a grand wizard. I don't an Archmage. Mind, yeah. Archmage. You know, in uh, World of Warcraft when I finally earned the uh, Archdruid title, I was very, very pleased. You can call me call me one. <laughs> Like a master drew. Cool. Um, yeah. And we actually have a, a guest roller here as well. Uh, this is a gentleman who I've been playing uh, L5R with for probably close to a year now. I didn't know him prior to Legend of the Five Rings, but he's got quite a reputation. He was a legendary Netrunner player across Australia. He's uh, had his own podcast before. He's a master of jank. Um, he loves, loves putting together the craziest decks and actually doing well with them. Uh, his name is Joey. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. Howdy. It's good to be here. I also go by Zyceros Online. Um, and just f so everyone knows, anytime that this podcast mentions something completely ridiculous, but they don't, uh, they mention the person who did it and not, not their opponent, it's normally me that messed up. <laughs> so Joe's, Joe's a local here in Melbourne, too. <laughs> thanks, man. Cool. So. Uh, apologies about the uh, missed pod last week. That was uh, unfortunate. I think sometimes our lives we all got very busy, but uh, we do, we are committed to doing a, a pod a week, so we'll endeavour to make sure that there's no misses in the future. Um, heaps of stuff happened in the last two weeks, though. I feel like there was a period of light news, but now there's just like news galore. Yeah, it's like a deluge. <laughs> I think so. Go on. They probably realise that people are coming uh, coming down from the cycle being over, and they're trying to tide people over to the Scorpion pack come out, which is why there's been so much news. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what's the big news, Merlin? You're our you're our newscaster, resident newscaster. What's, what's news? been what's been the big deal? Uh, well, you know, I woke up this morning, and uh, the first thing that I saw on my Facebook feed was the spoilers from the the underhand of the Emperor Clan pack. Oh, yeah. um, so I guess I guess we'll talk about those first. Um, sure. sure. All right. Yeah, so a couple of new spoilers: the um, the non-Scorpion cards from the pack. Uh, so I think there are about five spoilers, just a card fans worth of spoilers. Uh, why don't we talk about the neutral ones first? All right. All right. So off a testimony, everybody's been going kind of kind of nuts about this card. Um. Should I read it out? Is that what we do? Are we the read it out? There's only a few cards. So Someone has to. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Off, off, off a testimony. Uh, I'll do my best Shay impression. Shay, this one's for you. Offer testimony is a zero-cost event. Action. During a political conflict, you and your opponent each choose a ready participating character he or she controls. Each of these players simultaneously reveals a card from his or her hand. Each player who reveals the lowest cost card 
in his or her chosen hand. Oh, sorry. Each player who reveals the lowest cost card bows his or her chosen character. What do we think, Ben? So it's, What's your testimony? Well, I, I love it. Um, political conflicts only, so I think it's never really going to be a three of. But I think um, it's one of those cards that only fits into certain decks, but it can be quite devastating in those decks. It's a good answer to some of those large Voltron issues. And obviously, if you're running either, as they say in the article, consumed by fire fires or a fate worse than death. Um, also, I guess, Bayushi Kachiko. It's another five coster. Um, fantastic card to run because it's probably always going to work. You are getting a little bit of information as well. So I guess the, the side benefit of this is that, um, I mean, you're giving up the fact that you've got this big fat card in your hand but you can now be sure that the opponent has a particular card that they show. And I think mm -hmm. and I think that if you don't have a if they don't have a large card, they're likely to show a free card, I think, to not give away. I don't know, like what do you think is the strategy if if this card gets played against you? Like are you trying to give away if you're, Yeah. Yeah, if you're um if you're not showing a large card, you are showing whatever card in your hand has the least impact if your opponent knows it's there. Um yeah. So, uh, a card that you know is completely dead in the matchup, that's probably something yeah. you'd want to show. Something they already know because they've seen it before. Um, something that you cut off a swordsmith. <laughs> like, you're, you're going to show something that they either already know, you don't care that they know, or that... Uh, I don't think you go specifically to zero cost, because some zero cost cards are incredibly valuable. The, uh, specifically things like policy debates yeah, and bonsai. Even court games, not really things you want to know. Uh, I do think this card will most likely see play, probably mostly in Scorpion. Having a fate worse than death and Kachiko both as uh, options to show is already good a good start. And um, and there is also that one Scorpion deck that runs uh, consumed by five fires as well for extra one. But the fact that it's only in a political conflict, I actually could see this being a free of in some decks um, because political boosts are so hard to come by. Um, okay. That makes sense. So it's kind so of gonna... like you run it in the same slot that you would usually, like if you're thinking about using Banzai's as like military only boosts, this occupies the political only boost slot in your deck. Yeah. Yeah, um... something like that. Yeah, I think bows are really powerful. Like, we see a lot of force pumps, and everybody's sort of playing force pump upon force pump to get ahead of each other. But I think bows, there's not been a whole lot of them in this game, so it's obviously powerful from that perspective. Um, but it does require that your opponent have a participating character. So I feel like defensively, you can definitely make it work. Offensively, only if they defend. So. It's a little bit restricted in that regard. The more, it's like a more defensive card than offensive card. I feel like most of the time they're defending with at least one guy. And sometimes that one guy is... Like, that little bit of strength is just enough to stop you from breaking. Particularly in political conflicts. Yeah. Um, as I mentioned, because of the lack of political boosts. Um, mm. Like, if you can get four strength... Four, four political strength and just make sure that their only guy that they defended with is bowed, mm. that's probably a break most of the time. All right. Is there uh, any other goodies? All right. Cards? Peasants, peasants of this is actually my favorite card that's been revealed by the way. 
So, uh, one cost of event, peasant's advice, as an action, during a during the conflict phase, dishonor a friendly character and choose a province. Look at that province if it's face down. Don't look at it if it's face up, obviously. Just only look at it if it's face down. You may shuffle a face up card in that province into its owner's dynasty deck. So it doesn't discard the card, but actually shuffling it into the deck is almost better sometimes, right? Because... It, no if it doesn't go into the discard pile, it can't be spirit called and it can't be rebuilt if it's a holding. Can't be my ancestor's strength, like a personality. So it might be better, but I like this. I actually think this card, um, it's very, uh, it's like a non elemental role locked uh, sabotage, obviously, but it mm -hmm. also kind of compresses in the, the ability, because it compresses in the ability to look in at. Uh, provinces as well like that's a lot that's a lot for one card to do so all of a sudden you can without having to go into splash you can be able to see what provinces they have deal with the uh deal with problem holdings um stop them from charging something that's too scary mm -hmm. um that's quite a lot for one card to do even if it does cost one um yeah. Well, it costs one plus a dishonor, and that dishonor yeah. could be, could be problematic. Yes, yeah, so, I, mean, I think someone, though. obviously with Sadako from the uh, the new Scorpion Clan conflict character, fantastic. Mm -hmm. I love her. She's yeah. just just could do everything. She's great. She she is pretty good. Yeah, both of these cards are definitely good for Scorpion card. Like the Scorpion pack, after all, definitely very good for Scorpion. Yeah, but I can awesome. see this getting play. In a bunch, just like uh, the Seek Kami and Keeper Kami see a bit of play in other decks other than Phoenix. I think mm. these will see play in other decks. I think that um, what I do like about it is that it's whilst it's you know doesn't treat the uh, <laughs> doesn't treat it treats the symptom not the disease, but uh, um, <laughs> it is it is a neutral option that is available for everyone unless you're playing some weird deck that never ever brings out a character. Um, to deal with, like, to at least know that you are absolutely not going to hit Restoration of Balance, if that's a card. Because I know there's some people who are terrified of that card and will never ever declare a conflict um, just because they don't want to lose all of their precious cards in their hand. Um, so, yeah. yeah so I think I'm, that's... I'm very close. I'm very close to being one of those people. <laughs> yeah. And you play Phoenix, and you could just get them back by, like, tapping your box. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It still it still puts you at a hell of a dis it doesn't at all restore balance is what I'm saying. <laughs> it restores balance it restores like uh, Revenge of the Sith restored balance, right? Yeah, that's right. Well some I would was, say some would say that um episode six was where the balance was restored. <laughs> but I digress. <laughs> there was an o there was just too many Jedi. You had to restore the balance and get them down to only like two or three. Yeah. Two yeah. or three Jedi, two Sith. That's fine. Perfectly balanced, as all things should be. That's an appropriate quorum of Jedi. No more is needed. Quitter. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's... um. Yeah, okay, so what's the next card then? Well, uh, why don't we go... Why don't we go and look at the Phoenix? What the hell, right? So, a three cost. Asako Meizawa. Two military, three political, two glory, Cordia. Action. While this character is participating in a conflict... 
if you count more current glory than your opponent amongst ready participating characters, choose a participating character. That uh, Double that character's base political until the end of the conflict. So a couple of things from me. Uh, you can do this in a political or a military conflict. So if you happen to want to get off political duel in a military conflict, go right ahead. Um, you've already got at least one participating character in the conflict because this guy has to be there. He's a three-coster, which I think is not a not a very heavily contested slot for Phoenix. Um, and yeah, it's uh, kind of like it. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going to put this in the deck. Maybe it's maybe it's part of another deck. I don't it is like if you have more glory, which you've got two glory on this character alone. You've probably got more glory than most people. Um, this is going to be at least a very boost to political and a political conflict. Yeah. That's a pretty big deal. Um, yeah. And you can uh, use it offensively and defensively as well. He's yeah. he's good. He's good. And that's, yeah, that's without definitely. political... Yeah, well, old box, he, you could make him a four glory, and that's just silly. That's... You, no one's ever going to out-glory you at that point. I think um, one of the things I like about this card is that it's got... The courtier trait, which is great, because it kind of old box tends to like courtiers, and you know we've seen a lot of people running like forged edicts and stuff, um, or just using four shames, etc. But it doesn't have the Shigendra trait, so it's actually a card that's made to support not the new box. I think the problem, like the challenge with with design in card games sometimes, right, is that um, if there is a box, like, and I think you know the new box is uh, you know code nisua being able to recycle cards is a very very potent ability and so every time a card has the spell trait on it that's you know printed with a phoenix logo then you know people go you know it's kind of you get the most use out of it in the new box whereas this character here supports the old box it, it's not a new phoenix card therefore ultimately you know fits into the new box paradigm like this is this is an example of FFG going, you know what, we're going to make sure we support multiple archetypes here. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, what was the thing we were talking about before the cast, though, as well, right? Like, you could get some pretty pretty ridiculous political skill on some guys. So you've got this guy, you know, you put in, like, a one-cost Shigenja, uh, like the Dreamer or something like that. You play My Ancestor's Strength because you've got... Uh, Fushicho in the bin, boosted up to six. Use this guy. Uh, uh, get yourself up to 12. No hey? base. No, you're right. Um, yeah, it it's incredible. It changes the base. And then it gets plus it two. Doesn't work with, uh, it doesn't work with my ancestor's strength because my ancestor's strength sets you to the value and set oh, overrides it everything. Set? Oh, yeah. Well, look at Jen. So this no, is no, why no, no, Joe's quite effective really for Jank because he, he knows the deep deep dark ways that these rules interact with each other and once it's set well, on. that's it right you can't reset no no it only sets the base i thought yeah. it set the like don't get me you. wrong you might, might be right that it can't be modified by this but i'm pretty sure you can then modify oh. it what with does this new card like... say does this new card oh no double? this is doubling the base so you can't change the base yeah, at you that can't point change the base. um why don't you yeah set. okay if it said oh, okay. your bonus equal to your base then that would be fine. That would work. But That's what the word double means, isn't it? No. No. It means change uh, the base, double the base. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. So but you could, you could do it in reverse, or you could, general, you right. could use this, 
and then you could my ancestors oh no it's sets now forget it never mind taku tetsuku that's the next one what's what's her deal all right all right three cost three costs uh three one with one glory bushi cavalry imperial magistrate while your character is attacking increase the cost for your opponent to play cards from his or her hand by one like it i do like it i think that it's great that it's got the cab trait so it works with the new box uh it's imperial so i guess if tetsuku becomes a key character you can always fetch with satoshi <laughs> um yeah. and uh it's future-proofed. I feel like Magistrate's a trait that they're going to use at some point in the future because there's lots... It seems like there's a bunch of characters with the Magistrate trait, right? Or Magistrate keyword. Uh, there there's are, one yeah. per clan. Oh, really? And then... Um, yeah. Yeah, the Imperial ones. Imperial Cycle had one in each clan. And I think there's an extra one in Scorpion. Um, and I don't think there's any others. Oh, yeah, because we've got uh, the Cunning Magistrate in scorpion and you've got the uh, yeah mm. and the oh, other Bayushi one Ujiro. Bayushi Ujiro, so yeah. it was the the og magistrate so at some point i'm sure that trait will mean something does it now and obviously the abilities like kill oh. i check it uh, my favorite part of the ability is the fact that it doesn't actually require her to be uh, her yeah her to be standing um because i remember playing old box unicorn you would you know you'd use your um stronghold you move someone in but you didn't have anyone ready to move in so you'd move in someone bow just so you didn't lose the um didn't lose the honor in, on defense or to get a boost on the infantry on attack and this actually gives you a bonus for sending this character into a conflict bowed with the stronghold because yeah, okay. she's still gonna Dude. Off. dude we're we're overlooking some of the most important things this card is the original source of where all of these bloody wandering ronin have been coming from read her flavor text she says not even her own sons were immune to her judgment uh morito and Tokei now wander the rokugan as mercenaries they're the wandering ronin dude <laughs> and morito and Tokei from they were two of my favorite characters from from the uh old game because they were both part of uh, the uh, Taturi's army. I think... Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Wow, amazing. I love it. <laughs> so there was oh. another card. We didn't get full text, uh, which yeah. is... What do you reckon he says? He says, when this character something loses honor, loses something, each player draws two cards. So what's the... It looks uh, like L.O. What's so. the title? Oh, Seppin Truthseeker. Yeah. So it's a forced interrupt. Might be when it loses fate, right? Or leaves play. Loses it's when it leaves play. It's Ellie. Oh, leaves play. Okay, uh, yep. yep. Totally. So when it leaves play, everybody gets two cards. Hmm. It's a two, 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 two cordia. Yeah, Non-unique. all right. Non-unique as well. So yeah. I actually think where this deck fits, this is a combo enabler, right? So imagine if you've got your oh, yeah. seven truth seekers, three of them, and you've got three oracles of truths. Oh, sorry, Oracle of Stones, which you know, draw to, discard to, uh, assuming they've fixed the wording or fixed the, the way that card works. Um, and it's just a way of cycling through your deck to get to your key cards. So I wonder in those like Dishonor Bombs that use the uh, the backhanded compliment, if, if uh, Truthseek is going to make a an appearance. 
Maybe just in time for Worlds, will you get a full, uh, a full art backhanded compliment? Yeah. Is this What's that? legal for Worlds? So we think yeah. so, because basically, I think, because basically all normal tournaments, as long as it's eleven days or prior. Um, that it's been released, it's it's available for it. I think Worlds is a special tournament, so they'll need to officially announce, um, you know, what is legal for it. But I think it's very likely. Like, I feel like this is going to come out in like four or five weeks. And if it's four or five weeks, it's you know, six weeks prior to to, to Worlds. So it's, yeah. So uh, there was some news about Worlds as well, right? There was some news about Worlds. Nice segue. So I don't know about you, but as I was stumbling to the shower in the morning, scrolling through my, you know, Facebook messages, I saw I saw that there was like this news article about Worlds. It was just like this weird incidental thing. Uh, yeah. So they've announced, what have they announced? They announced the dates for each of the games. So if you're playing Legend of the Five Rings, you're, it goes from the 1st to the 5th. And the 1st is a Thursday. So Thursday to Sunday, I think it is. Um, so if you're playing Legend of the Five Rings and happen to have the opportunity to go, you can play the first day, which is either on Friday or Saturday. And then if you go four and two out of six rounds, you will then be able to play on Sunday, which is like the elimination, which is seven more rounds. That's 13 rounds of Legend of the Five Rings. It's a pretty impressive. Well, they didn't release. <laughs> if you win. <laughs> they, say what? You said seven rounds on day two? Yeah, seven rounds on day two. And seven rounds on day one, right? Uh, six, six rounds on day oh, one. Six, oh, so it's a light day one. Yeah, yeah and unlike, unlike other tournaments, you don't actually have to get points or anything like that. It's just an X2 cut. So it's four and two is the record you need to oh, win. Wow. So, so as long as... Full win... Or mod wins don't seem to matter. Okay. Just get wins. Okay. That's exciting. Um, I'm going. Yeah. You're going, aren't you, Merlin? I'm so good. I've already placed my my like I got a ticket thing. <laughs> I've already registered. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you're eligible for a reserved seat, they've got a form up with that you can put your details in, and then they will get back to you with your reserve seat details so if you're like a kote winner hatamoto something else if you're an invitee i think all of the kote winners get to invite somebody else for Companion with a reserve seat and so joey go hassle glenn you know <laughs> <laughs> yep yeah, totally what i should be doing yeah so the ways yeah. that you could have got a free ticket was toshi rambo grand kote champion 2017 world champion Toshi Rambo Kote Top 8, Grand Kote Second through 8. There's a bunch of different ways. Oh, hold on a second. If you are undefeated during one of the Proving Ground events, you got an invite. That's really cool. Yes, that's right. Yep, so there's no one in Australia. Oh, we had uh, nobody undefeated? In, in our uh, no. Didn't, didn't Kevin uh, Popple go? No, not in the Proving Grounds. Um, Monkey and Pirates was the only one that was undefeated in the last round, and he lost his last round. Oh, yes. And did you say Monkey and Pirates? Do we have somebody called Monkey and Pirates that plays L5R in Australia? I can't remember I can't remember yeah. his actual name. That's his online name. Yeah. <laughs> he's very he's very prolific online. Well well shout out to Monkey and Pirates. I love the love the name. <laughs> who who what was the online name of our unicorn friend from New Zealand? 
was like squashed frog or something <laughs> exploded frog okay. i see him occasionally online i'm like oh that's that's that guy yeah. played unicorn he's the unicorn had him <laughs> for sure cool um so shout out, shout out to you sorry i couldn't remember your name <laughs> so what are your expectations <laughs> of, of worlds merlin have you have you ever been to worlds <laughs> what a loaded question yes i've been to one worlds previously um my expectations it's it's actually a lot of fun there isn't a lot to do in sort of in and around the game center itself but the game center is just gigantic right there's a huge play area lots of you can set up there's tournaments running and you could also set up for some like side games with you and some friends um it's a really well run event uh, the last at least the last one was anyway um the the people right i think i think if the reason to go is to meet up with all of these people that you know you might have had online conversations with or you know you might have you know run some podcasts together and you shared each other out over you know your podcasts and things like that wow so yeah it's roseville right so i i don't know much about roseville but i do know that um it was home to the first target and the first barnes and noble well, the first Barnes and Noble outside New York City, which is pretty amazing, right. pretty exciting stuff. If that, you're if you're into retail stores and chains, mate, that is <laughs> that is incredibly amazing. I don't I don't know what I'm going to do with that information, but I guarantee it'll save my life one day. I'm sure of it. <laughs> you know, have a gun to my head, and they'll say, "Dude, where was the first Target?" I'll be like, "Target, really? Roseville, mate. Roseville." Roseville. Hey, Pete Krause is from Roseville. <laughs> <laughs> Australian Target is not connected to American Target, so. Oh really? Yeah, well, yeah. Oh, disappointing. It's a different thing, is it? Yeah. Is it like a completely different car? Oh. All right. Look... So, so are you are you going to Worlds, Joey? Uh, I'm thinking about it, but I wasn't sure if I'd be able to get a seat because, unlike everyone else on this podcast, I did not get Hadamoto. Well, I didn't. Uh, even, there are companion straight... seats up for grabs, so. Maybe, yeah, maybe if it's you okay, decide you want to go, we might, we might just have a spare companion slot. I am on leave, and the Tuesday afterwards is a public holiday for, in Victoria. So. <laughs> there you go. It's even cheaper now. All right. Well, look, if you are going to Worlds, registration opens on the, on the 8th of September, it looks like. Um, yeah, so 8th of September. So the next couple of days, keep an eye out on the new, on the Facebook threads and things like that i'm sure people will go nuts but um they're doing registration from the 8th of september and then by mm, first of october any unclaimed seats are made available uh, at that point so it looks like you'll get confirmation by first of october um yeah so with if you do go to worlds if you do go to worlds you actually have to play in both events so there's actually three events that go on. There's Game of Thrones. There was Netrunner last year, uh, and there's Rune Wars as well. I have no idea who plays Rune Wars. I guess what somebody. Rune Wars. I've never even heard of it. Yeah, it's a miniatures game. Um, I I hadn't heard of it until I went right. last year, to be honest. But I went last year and I just played Legend of the Five Rings, and that is 100% the wrong way to do well. I was doing worlds wrong. You have to go and you have to play in more than one ffg events so you're playing kind of on all days that you possibly can and that will give you prize tickets 
And those prize tickets you can then use to purchase prize support from their prize wall, which includes <sighs> current year's current year's prize support, as well as maybe some previous year's prize support that they've got left over. So acrylic strongholds and way of clans and first player tokens and stuff like that are probably all going to be available. So I could raise it, even if you got they got world champ. Yeah, man, I gotta I gotta learn how to play this thing because we have to go play Agot so we can get the you know five prize tickets or whatever, I think and then we can spend Roller, those on L five R prizes. I think fellow Roller Remedy is a Agot player. I should just uh, ask him what deck to play and, and play it. I used to play in the old days. It was fun. Yeah, yeah, he plays everything, right? Probably, but he'll tell me which deck's gonna win. Right? He's good at that. Yeah. <laughs> so that's the way. That's the way to do it if you're going to Worlds. So on the 8th, don't just register for Alpha, I register for everything you possibly can. Also register for the side events because you get prize tickets from the side events. There is a side event for L5R called the Hadamoto Challenge. So remember I said there was a Friday and a Saturday for L5R? Well, if you happen to be on town on Thursday, uh, there is a Hadamoto Challenge event. And if you go 5 and O in a five-round event, uh, you will earn Hadamoto status. So you could be a Hadamoto before you even get to the world, like, the the main tournament. That's amazing. Joey. Hadamoto, Joey. Yeah. <laughs> I could feel it. <laughs> Do you have a favorite clan, Joey? I always notice you play, like, every uh, deck. Uh, I am in, in every single Discord. I am listed as a dragon. Um, I have... I, I took a break from Dragon from December through to about March. Picked it up for uh, up until the, the Kotai, and then dropped it again. It is technically my favorite faction, because um, that's the one I do slightly prefer most, but I, I do play everything. Um, I The... the um, league that's been going on at one of the local stores general games um i've been taking a different deck every week normally swapping factions um tell so me your current deck mate my current deck um the current deck the one that i took this week was a uh was a phoenix splashing crane deck um i decided i wanted to try out the seeker of air um with the soul beyond reproach um, to try and get as many honored characters as possible so that I could use the old box to boost my glory to get insane numbers on the board at times. Um, it's been a lot of fun. I love that deck, by the way. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it has also been going all right, although I have limited games with it. I've only got... I'm currently three, three games, three wins can't complain with that it's a little uh small on the sample size but um i have so far beaten um i beat simkov with it um on his swapping <laughs> really? deck. he said he said he beat you with I, thought it. For some, I knew i was getting whooped by it but i thought for some reason that i came back at the end but maybe i was very wrong <laughs> no you, you beat me you were especially. you were winning by a mile and then i attacked your stronghold and won oh yeah that's <laughs> <right>. <laughs> It's like, neither one of us thought I was going to win. It's a, a classic and... simple clutch throw. <laughs> yeah. Um, I did I'm the same winning. thing. Oh, I did the same thing against the local crane player, Hugh, as well. 
um, it looked like to me it looked like he was just going to win and then I managed to uh, get just enough strength to break his stronghold. I think one um, of the things I love about this game is that um, you know you can grasp victory from the jaws of defeat, or as I often so so do so often is I grasp defeat from the jaws of victory. Um, it's really like can get right towards the end, and you can always even in desperate situations try and plot a path to victory. Yeah, it's a good well, skill. It's a good skill to have, you know, to grasp defeat from the jaws of victory. It turned. <laughs> That's going to help out, you a lot at Worlds. It turns out it is not that hard to break a stronghold if either A, none of their characters count any strength, or B, <laughs> you're attacking uh, you're attacking like five characters and one of them is like a 12-12. Um, uh, so yours is an old old box build then. Yeah, it is definitely old box. Let me let me have a guess um, and see how much I can get right. So it's old box. You've got Sukune and obviously the uh, magistrate nope. in there. No Sukune? That's Sukune. Oh, mate, that's that's my favorite part, right? Is to get Sukune out and not worry at all when she gets yeah, dishonored. I, I used the um uh I swapped her out for the new water elemental master. Oh, um, and I just sure. haven't looked yeah. back. Her ability's so much better. And oh, you already tested that ability, right? And so what what are you thinking? Like does does it have a spot? did, did you miss Sukuni? I did not miss Sukuni. Um, <laughs> like, Sukuni would only be one additional strength when honoured, um, and being able to count a strength when dishonoured is kind of useful. Um, and it's just that uh, I don't think Sukuni's ability is all that great. Like, it can sometimes be useful, but, like, it's the rings that... You, they're the rings that you left there for a reason. Yeah. Right? Yeah, sure. They're the rings no one wanted so that it's at slightly low impact um whereas the water ring becoming just honestly silly <laughs> particularly if you can trigger it without actually going for the water ring um so, which so seeker of air then yeah yeah um i've got i've also got um uh tarot gi to trigger a ring effect or um you can also use uh, what is it, all and nothing, uh, but uh, I suppose you you're trading so, a void at that point. So the I'm not a fan. jewel that I'm you were speaking of, have you uh, managed to get that off yet? I've managed to get it off. Uh, in the first game I played with the deck, I think it was against Dragon. Um, they had a swordsmith, and I played. Uh, is it as a Nami? The water elemental master yeah. i'm really bad yeah. with the names it's um, like tsunami with an a on the front of it as yeah, you know. Uh, i i played her boosted at a five glory and uh they had a fight because apparently no one has to be participating um in the both both at home, and, right? Then, yes. right. <laughs> and they can be yeah, bowed both. and they could be whatever great yeah both, uh no uh yeah they were both at home um i boosted as an army up to five glory they had a fight and all of a sudden, the person that was in the conflict bowed. So, <laughs> you know, I, I do well. love the idea of um, the, the wizards, like in their towers, like well away from the battlefield, having this like their own sort of epic struggle. Yeah, it's very cool. Uh, very cool. I like um, that deck. Yeah, cool. Yeah. So, 
probably one of the things I wanted to do was just have a quick chat about some of the other shows and 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 and, and the things outside the podcast that we're we've been uh, assisting with and um, you know been collaborating on. So the Imperial Advisor, uh, which uh, has been around for a hell of a lot longer than the fledgling Hidden City Roller Derby podcast, um, those guys there they uh, they very nicely, very kindly asked us to help them. Uh, review as the guest reviewers for some uh, the elemental I think the latest elemental pack so if you go to the imperial advisor website which is like imperialadvisor.com you can uh, read that article there and there's some great commentary and for those of you that love like Australianisms like Australian slang um, you know you'll <laughs> probably read it and quite enjoy it <laughs> we did the new like every, everybody not in Australia right yeah <laughs> Yeah, so so we did the elemental cycle neutral review. Um, <laughs> so references to Ford Falcons and Akadaka uh, and Sheilas. That's uh, that's what you'll expect if you can go there. <laughs> so maybe incomprehensible for non-Australians, but it's a great read. I think uh, I highly recommend it. I didn't personally contribute any of the text, but uh, you know the other rollers can own up to the bits that they did if they want. I think uh, <laughs> I think the the uh, Imperial Advisor fellows, I think Barry was kind enough to just make sure that um, our names were hidden. <laughs> it just says Hidden City Roller Derby. <laughs> well, it could have it gone either way, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, was, so and I think it's it's super fun to you know uh, to to kind of do a little bit of a crossover and like you know help out uh, you know each other's each other's stuff because I think the more the more that we work together, the more we can help grow the community. Um, and there's, you know, there's obviously a bunch of other stuff going on, you know, where we can see different different communities working together inside El Fiber. Um, and, you know, we've got the, the French versus Australia uh, World Cup finals, which will be kicking off uh, any moment now. Just waiting for our glorious tournament organizer, uh, Toridori, to, to let us know when to start. <laughs> um, and there's also the World Cup. So we actually got a listener question from... from uh, Gen Con winner uh, Anil or Mind's Desire and he actually asked uh, you know who do you think's the favorite for the World Cup so obviously Australia will win but outside of Australia yeah. you guys got any views on um, who's going to be the valiant opposition mate you mean personal clan I reckon he's talking about clan top top oh, three names oh see, that's really fun players and clan Man, I, you know what? Um, Top three days. There, there are some Greek. There are some Greek fellas on Discord uh, that are really good. Um, Kirill's army, easy Kirill's army, and uh, Demagogue. Though both of those guys put up some Phoenix decks on Jigoku that were like Lion Splash decks, and I am completely in love with those decks. And I think that you know you have to be an evil genius to come up with that kind of stuff. So, I reckon they're contenders for sure. Yeah. So, who who do we think? Yeah, I'd be bringing yeah. go for the um, go for the Americans. Just even just because the the larger player, uh, the, the fairly large player base, there's a lot of people they're pulling from that they can select a fairly good team, and there are a lot of really good players in the states, including uh, Anil himself. But I believe he's. I don't think he's on the team. I don't it's odd I if he's not believe on the he's team. running it. I thought he was like selecting it or I think Fro top. I think Fro is uh 
is captaining the team and, and figuring out how to I don't know whatever and I'm sure that I'm sure that when when the Americans run their qualifier to figure out who's going to be uh, in the in the World Cup they'll call it the World Series of L5R right <laughs> just like their World you know Series what they should, oh, you, know, you know what they need to call it it needs to be Team America Team America <laughs> Team America that's what it needs to be <laughs> what a great film more relevant now than ever <laughs> oh dear um yeah so i think that uh the uk um will field decent team as well is you know they've got a, a huge amount of people that play there um but i don't know like apparently there's a lot of entries there because i'm pretty scared of poland like i wonder i wonder if anyone's going to try and like seed these teams and if there's any gonna you know i think that what we'll try and do is from a media perspective is make sure that we have like some consistent casters at least from the australian perspective um so that you know for all the different games you know we'll make sure as many of those games are streamed as possible and i'm sure the other countries will do will do likewise because i think you know i think it's a great example of creating you know some more spirit you know everybody getting behind and cheering barracking for their uh for their country um and you know i'm sure it's going to be very clean and uh nothing nothing untoward and it'll just be a great fantastic tournament you reckon there'll be punches on like people are gonna you know what what do they do in the cricket they uh do nutty runs across the field and stuff oh, the nutty runs. <laughs> nutty runs. you reckon that'll happen streakers you know bring back streakers at an l5r tournament <laughs> can you imagine such a thing uh you uh, cast, casters will punch on with each other like the real world cup yeah. Maybe not cast. <laughs> oh i think we've got a new joiner hey, glenn oh, did hey. you just uh did you accidentally join us from your car or are you actually here hello people of the l5r community hey man you've, you've joined us at the perfect time we're just ribbing um the rest of the rest of the nations uh, for the, the the upcoming L5R World Cup. Um, Merlin has uh, again, um, as as we seem to do here in Australia, is we just keep telling everybody that the Greeks are gonna gonna have a strong showing. So apart from Australia, who are obviously gonna win, who do you think's gonna make a strong showing there, Glenn? And what are you doing? Where are you? Uh, I'm in my car at an undisclosed location in my house. What's going on, guys? An undisclosed uh, location near your house. The World Cup. The World Cup. So. Glenn has gone quiet. He's in his car, so the connection's probably a little bit dodgy. Um, an under, undisclosed location somewhere in the outback. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Um, yeah, so we I have was trying already... to think of like, a joke about, like, blackout. Like, he's in a black spot or whatever black site <laughs> learning his secret l5r techniques you know he's high in the mountains he doesn't get cell reception he's practicing yeah, for worlds yeah. he's high in the mountains practicing his high kicks the world doesn't want the world doesn't want to hear my rant about how in most world cups italy seems to take away from the australians and so i guess we need to watch out for them yeah all right i've got my eyes peeled for those italians i feel like there'll be an epic show down there I think, uh, to be no offense, companies uh, will have a good shot. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not in the World Cup, but I really can't Sorry. wait. 
places. I think any of the European. Sorry, I think any of the European. That's what I was saying. European over US is my opinion. So, I don't know, maybe that's just my maybe that's just my colonization talking. But uh, <laughs> that's that's where I'm at. Oh god! Shots 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 fired there yeah. to the um, North Americans. Was that just the United no, States or all of the Americas? It, no, they're great players, but yeah. it's like just like in dodgeball, you know. Just like in dodgeball, he's gone again. He's gone. I want to know what this dodgeball analogy was. <laughs> what do you say? Just uh, like in dodgeball. Just in dodgeball. Uh, oh, Alas, his connection is terrible. I have to I have to wait wait a little while to hear about this dodgeball analogy. Are you here with us? Glenn, are you alive? Hopefully, he hasn't crashed. Might be crashed. doing science. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not. I think he's hanging around with other top men. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see if we can. Catch we get onto one of these other questions. Or... Yeah, let's do that. <laughs> All right, let's go for Thomas Vandenberg. Some discussion about the announcement regarding Upcom pro- products, including the mystery one. Oh yes, there was a mystery product announced. Uh, that was last week's news, not this week's news, about you know a product that's going to be super cool. And I think they made the announcement of the announcements. They didn't tell us what it was. So I'm. I feel like if you're call- if it's a mystery product, they haven't really announced it yet. Um, it's a bit hard to discuss yeah. something you don't know anything about besides an announcement date. But our listeners, what they want is wild speculation. That's what they want. <laughs> oh, Storybox then. Storybox? Definitely Storybox. What yep. would a Storybox entail? Uh, it'll have some cards that are stupidly overpowered and probably tournament legal because that's just how FFG rolls. Um, and it'll have rules for like two on one or something against one clan. And then... Uh, and you'll play it once, you'll be somewhat disappointed, and then you'll just take the overpowered cards and put them into your deck. <laughs> Has that been done before in other, other uh, FFG games? Yeah, the Netrunner had one that was a uh, terminal directive. That was after my time playing that, so I don't know exactly how that went, but I heard some of the, I heard some of the cards were overpowered. Uh, Star Wars had one, but I think the, most of the cards weren't tournament legal, um, but it did make a really overpowered deck. Which was the point, because it was two on one. Um, uh, I don't think either of the Game of Thrones had it. Um, and that's basically how Arkham Horror and Lord of the Rings, the uh, the card game work overall, is constant story boxes. Um, but they are uh, well, because yeah. the... Because uh, they're designed for the casual market, so all the competitive players get it because they need the cards, and all the casual players get it because they want the the story box. Yeah, I it's do a remember. In, in uh, there was a uh, War of Honor was an old uh, expansion multiplayer expansion for um, Legend of the Five Rings, the CCG, and I think it was like Celestial, maybe end of Celestial, start of Emperor, somewhere around there, and it had like Wall of Honor and a couple of like 
super key OP cards, right? The rest of the box was absolute yep. trash. Um, it was, you know, it was a fun game, I guess. But, you know, you played it, as you said, you played it a couple of times, got disappointed and put it aside. Um, probably just played it once. And then you took those super, super strong cards and, you know, put them in your decks. I remember, I think I bought like six copies of that friggin' board game. It was a board game, right? Like, it's a separate box for multiplayer. So I had like yep. six of those things, put them aside, took out the wall of honors, and, you know, and that was that. <laughs> okay, yep. Well, yeah. at least they haven't done anything with the, uh, like that for the board games for L5R. Like, I own Battle for Rocket Gun. And it looks like a lot of fun. Have you played but it yet? I have not played it yet. I have always wanted to play it, but I've not maybe, had a chance. Maybe we'll um, have to change that. It doesn't take very long. Yeah. <laughs> um, looks like the Game of Thrones board game they put out a few years ago. Yeah, except the Game of Thrones board game takes hours as opposed to this one only takes like one to two Um the big difference between the two yeah. but the game of thrones board game is very similar to the old avalon hill board game diplomacy so it's all like you can see where it's coming from yeah i do like the hidden hidden command type things like the hidden hidden agenda <laughs> like here's yeah, the that's... instructions this is what's going to happen and you flip it up and you get to figure out what the opponent's doing you don't know before yeah that was that was the main structure of how diplomacy worked yeah um, super fun it like write them down write down all your commands and then reveal them simultaneously yeah. alright well we might just get on to uh, one more listener question and then probably wrap up um, so we've got Ray Dent who's I think given us a question almost every pod <laughs> um, so he says he's got a, a friend that he's trying to get to L5R and he's asking what clan would you recommend a starting player with no prior knowledge plays also what are some stupid decks you've been testing out lately well that's a two part question you're cheating there, eh? It's just one question per listener. That's it. So we'll, we'll answer your top bit. <laughs> um, and I've got a, a little anecdote about new players in a moment. But uh, what, what do you reckon, Joey? If new players, is there kind I, of like a starter deck that you reckon you can put together? I, I actually think that Dragon is the best, to, uh, best for new players to start with just because on paper it makes sense what you're trying to do. Um, you've got... Uh, You've got a lot of attach, uh, particularly with like corset dragon. You've got a lot of attachments and a bunch of characters. You want to put the char- uh, put the attachments on the characters to get bigger numbers, get bigger numbers, win conflicts, win the game. Right? You're not doing anything way too fancy. You're not um, weak on one side, uh, so you can eat on vertical. So you don't have so it it. Uh, and you don't have a lot of uh, the side mechanics, as far, like the ones that you don't always have to interact with. As far as I can remember, I think you have one, you have one door. That's about it. Um, so that mi- minimizes how much the player needs to learn to play the game. And there is a lot to learn to play this game. Yeah. So <laughs> helping reduce that um, would be good. But another thing to note is what you play against um i would not put a new player against a scorpion uh, a scorpion deck no um first game maybe not even for their first three games just because um the the amount of tricks the amount of fancy things you can pull out 
against experienced players, sure, they'll probably they'll learn the tricks, they'll know the tricks, they'll have some idea what you can do. Against a new player, it's going to feel super bad when you just sit there and tell them, no, you can't do that, or uh, yeah, you can do that, but now everything's gone, uh, everything's gone away from you. Like, a fate worse than death on their only character that they've spent the whole game building up, they're yeah. not going to have a, they're not going to have an overly fun time, and they didn't know that was coming, as opposed to an experienced player that could play around it. Absolutely. That sounds, sounds like a, yeah, great way of doing things. Just try and keep it simple, concentrate on the core, sort of, the fundamental principles of the game. There's a fella, yeah. um, uh, yeah, sorry? Uh, I was about to say, uh, I would probably actually put them up against a, um, lion or crane deck like lion or box right yeah uh just because both of those uh both of those decks are relatively uh they're also relatively straightforward um crane not as much but the uh but they're also one-sided uh military or political um so the dragon player even if he's uh, the the new player who's playing dragon um even if he's losing can at least probably feel like he can do something on the other side right so against the lion player he could attack politically um probably get a few wins maybe uh, you might be able to stop the breaks just because uh there are tricks you can do there but that would um i think create a better new player experience yeah, um sure. than some of the others and i think it's really important especially as the game goes on and you know you've got your play group that's you know slowly but surely becoming really comfortable with cards and comfortable with playing i think it's really important to make sure you know we are continually welcoming new players because you know the way that we get to have fun you know and if we want these larger tournaments and, and these great play experiences is we need to create a really welcoming environment and look you know there's some players who will give it a crack and then they realize that it's not quite the game for them and that's totally fine but always be welcoming because out of you know every three or four people who try the game maybe one of them becomes you know a strong competitive player in six months but you know it takes a while to kind of get there and you know it's just you know you play for fun anyway like you know and another thing to note is lcgs do get more difficult to get into the longer the game goes on so anyone that's willing to even take a crack at that uh like you don't want to make it more difficult for them no you want as you're saying you want we want you want more people to play in the game means you can get more games in you can have better tournament you can have better tournaments in your local area and maybe see more uh just random fun stuff if there's more players um, yeah and we've got a guy called like chris down here yep. yeah and we've got a guy called chris uh locally here and he's actually organizing a tournament for you know he noticed that there's been a you know, a ton of sort of new new players, new interest uh, post elemental cycle, which is quite, which is a great sign. Um, so I think there's like you know a dozen or so of these new players around the traps here in Melbourne, and he's organising a tournament specifically for them. Um, and so what we might actually do as well is uh, when that kicks off, we'll make sure we give a bit of coverage here on the podcast. Um, might uh, I might wander down there with my like digital recorder and and get some some. Uh, some commentary from the ground, some reports from the ground. Uh, I think that'd be super fun to do. Uh, speaking of that, is uh, just like looking forward for the next, I guess, um, six to eight weeks. Well, the lead up, lead up to Worlds is we are going to, you know, have quite a focus on on Worlds. It's kind of the premier event of uh, L5R each year. So, um, 
we've got you know a, a decent crew here from Melbourne who are looking to, well who are, have booked their tickets and are flying over um, to two worlds. So you know we're going to talk about the way that we we're training, what the regime is. Um, we're going to look at you know what are the sorts of things that we're doing, what are we considering, um, and and I think also for a bit of fun as well is that at some of those some of these training sessions um, we might actually just um, you know get some cameras down there and do a bit of video content um, and you know we'll try and just add a bit of multimedia content but also mix up what these podcasts are um, I think last week's podcast which was uh, well f- last fortnight's podcast which had like five or six rollers quite a round table it was very rowdy um, I felt like that was uh, that was one that was fairly well received we probably got our best feedback from that one so we'll you know we'll definitely make sure where possible we'll have the the larger crew but um, Joey, I really appreciate you coming on today. Uh, it was great at, at a pinch to make sure that we uh, had a bit of coverage, guest roller, and hopefully you can come back again soon. Um, yeah, thanks for having me. No worries. Uh, any final thoughts for our listeners before we sign off? Uh, no, I think I'm good. I think I've said everything I need to say. <laughs> You've said your piece. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, thanks, thanks, Joey, man. And um, until next time, uh, we're the Rollers and your people who play children's car games.